Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine coming to you with a weekly podcast of the Common Sense MD. I've got a couple guys over here that have been on the show before, Zach and Josh, in that order, Zach, Josh, and they're of TriStar Fitness, who we talk about all the time. These guys are unique because they're not only in shape and certified trainers, but they're also certified physical therapists. So to me, that's the perfect combination for somebody that wants to get fit without getting hurt. And you guys are monsters at that. And you, you run this academy. I mean, you've worked with a lot of my patients. You have your own set of clientele. I've been wanting to, I talk about deadlifts all the time to all my patients, how I think it's probably the number one exercise. Correct me if I'm wrong. You may like the squat better. I don't know. But you'll talk in a minute about that. But anyway, <laughs> I, for some reason, I'm hooked on the deadlift. And everybody's scared about the deadlift because they say, I'm, I have a weak back. I'm going to hurt my back. Really, you probably have a weak back because you don't deadlift. So um, I want these guys to talk a little bit today. They're very qualified. And we're going to do a deadlift night here at Performance Medicine. I want everybody to come in and learn how to do a proper deadlift. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what you do, and we're going to actually demonstrate the deadlift in proper form. So, Josh, since you got the microphone, talk to me about your TriStar Fitness company. Yeah, yeah so we're cash-based physical therapy and strength conditioning company here in, in Tri-Cities based out of Boone's Creek at TrueFit. Um, so we specialize in athletes but also general population. So with that, we try to merge the tried and true strength conditioning concepts with physical therapy. So that way we can kind of take you through the continuum of being in pain, getting out of pain, back to performance, and then better than you've ever been. That's kind of our, you know, continuum of care, essentially. Um, but, yeah, you're talking about the, the, the deadlift. You know, Zach probably with squats. I'm with deadlift, but I would interchange them just the same. So it's a 50-50. So does yeah. a person need to do both and learn? Because you're getting so. kind of different muscles in a way, the same but a little bit different? Yep. Absolutely. What would you say to that? Yeah, so with the deadlift, you're going to be targeting more of the posterior chain. So think the glutes, the hamstrings, and the low back. With the squat, you're more anterior chain dominant. So what we typically see a lot of people just in everyday life working at a desk or getting up from a chair, we're anterior, anterior dominant chain just as human beings. Okay. So we kind of neglect to train the posterior chain. When that happens, if we try to do more athletic movements or just everyday activities like yard work, et cetera, can lead to higher incidence of injury. So the deadlift's extremely important. Uh, you're always going to be picking up something from the floor, whether it's groceries or grandkids or something. So it's a movement you definitely want to be strong in for life. So you should be deadlifting whether you're 15 years old or 90 years old. Are you saying that? Yeah, I am. Um, now, there are different variations for that. And, and depending on athletic ability or age or comorbidities, we can adjust that and get a variation that's fit for the person. Yeah, but it's a movement that we should be doing for the rest of our lives, I feel like. I, I go by a couple rules for fitness, and I'll, I'll talk about it all the time. Activate your glutes and retract your scapula. Aren't those two pretty good rules for people that are aging because they all get weak. They have shoulder problems because their scapulas are off, right? Everything's we're concentrated on the front. So you're saying the squat more benefits the front part like the quads and the deadlift is more towards the posterior chain Correct. in the back part. That's really interesting. 
I've never really thought of it that way. So in my mind, we're more weak on the back. So maybe, maybe I'm right. Maybe, you know, maybe me and Josh are right. The deadlift is more important. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, same up for failure a little bit on that you one. Know, but. Maybe so. I think we're winning out here. It's two to one. You know, but uh, anyway, so I love what your concept is. You know, I've been cash only for 18 years, and you guys took that bold move of going cash only. Mm -hmm. You probably were like me, you got sick of the medical system, the insurance, the coding. Mm -hmm. You couldn't really pay attention to your patient as much as you yep. needed to because of all the BS you have to go through to get insurance to reimburse you some. Yeah. So I admire you for that. I think you're doing the right thing. There's very few cash only physical therapists and you guys combine the best. My practice is kind of fostered towards baby boomers and you guys take it all the way up from high school athletes to older people he trains my 87 year old mother-in-law at the blake <laughs> and she's can do a deadlift so that's amazing to me thank you from her and all the older people that you take care of like me uh, these guys have given me a lot of good advice and i'm going to start training more with you i promise you know, I, I say I'm busy and all, and my back hurts, but <laughs> my back hurts because I don't do enough deadlifts and squats, probably, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Come in, we'll get you taken care of. Yeah, I have a weak back, meaning my muscles are weak. So I'm working on that. I'm, I'm trying to. But anyway, um, so let's, you know, do some demos. Tell me, give me an idea about the deadlift. We're going to focus on the deadlift today. Tell me about the dangers of a deadlift, why you need perfect form on this and the and there's three different types in there dumbbell straight bar and your yep. trap bar yep. okay tell and me we, we even have some variations based off of that depends on if you're holding the implement whether that's a kettlebell like we have here or a dumbbell in one hand both and then kind of the direction of the line of pull that's going to take you in so zach's going to go over a b stance rdl later and with the the dowel rod we're going to go over a hip hinge so the basic hip hinge okay. that's something that zach and i have drilled into every patient and athlete that we have is a basic hip hinge um, and that's where you're going to be pushing hips back and kind of knees are going to go essentially as a secondary mover but the hips are the first thing moving because mm -hmm. that's going to load your glutes and then it's going to even get a little bit of lat activation so think about the anatomy of how your posterior chain is to so the back of your body. Your lats go from like your armpits down to the opposite side of your, your glute on the right side. So say it's the left lat going across and then the glute from the other side is coming up from the left to the right. So that's going to support our SI joint, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the idea there is to strengthen both of those group muscle groups. And with that, with the deadlift, you're getting both in one movement. So that's kind of the big bang for your buck as far as the deadlift goes is it's a full body exercise and even hits grip strength too, which you know, we were talking about before and testing and Zach beat me just by a little bit though. Just by, yeah, we just tested your grip strength a minute ago. But I'm going to train. We're going to retest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. Osborne, my neurosurgeon friend in West Palm Beach, says that the best exercise for your biceps is a deadlift. So it's an all-body exercise, mm -hmm. and I like those compound movements. So yep. you don't have to kill yourself working out two hours a day if you right. do the right kind of exercise. And certainly we'll start here with the deadlift. So yeah. would you recommend somebody just starting out do two dumbbells, one dumbbell, this trap bar, I guess that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, give me a little information. Say you're just starting out, you're a, guy, you're a baby boomer like me. Where would you start? Just no weight or learn how to just – hip hinge or yeah that type I would thing? learn the movement first and that's something that Zach can kind of demonstrate here so with that so we've got a dowel rod it can be like a broomstick anything like that but the idea 
is that we're going to have three points of contact. So we're going to have between the back of the head, so go ahead and lean back for me, expect contact point here, between the shoulder blades, in his butt crack. <laughs> Those three, just to remember it pretty easily. So from here, you're going to think about pushing the hips back and letting the knees bend slightly. And see how he's maintaining this point of contact here and then here, right? So then come back up for me, Zach. Now watch what he's doing with his hips. So he's leading with his hips. So what I mean by that is like somebody's trying to pull his belt back and that's gonna be pulling with the hips, right? So here we're loading, loading the glutes here, hamstrings, even getting a little, little bit of calf there. Come back up for me. Now show them what a squat looks like. So see how we're getting more knee dominant? So it's like somebody's pulling my or Zach's knees forward and we're losing contact down at the bottom and on the back of the head, right? Now show them what it looks like if you don't engage your lats and you let your upper back round. Yep, so we're losing contact here and losing it here, and the fulcrum is going to be right here. So when we think about a load, if the load is in front, whether it's dumbbell, kettlebell, barbell, trap bar, whatever it is, it's going to be pulling you straight down, and the fulcrum is going to be right here, and that's going to be the weak links. So that's why we see a lot of people, whenever they're doing a deadlift, we get low back pain, upper back pain, whatever that looks like, right? Because it, it's going to be like tissue tolerance is going to just get overloaded by capacity, and that's going to be the weak point, especially if we don't have our lats engaged. And what I mean by that is, for you know everybody listening on a podcast, is imagine you've got your you know hands in front of you and just palms on on your thighs on the front of your thighs. Think about rotating your thumb forward and then squeeze your armpits together, like you're squeezing an orange underneath your arm. And you should kind of feel your lat, that muscle underneath your armpit, engage, right? And bring your shoulder blades down and back, and that's kind of bracing your scapula. And then from the top of your spine all the way down, it's kind of getting your upper back, lower back primed and ready to go for that load that's going to be literally hanging in front of you. And you're, you're going to be focused on that hip hinge as well. So that that's a really good one. So you're saying don't round your back. Mm -hmm. Is that one of the most important things you're thinking? Yeah, for sure. Stick yeah. your butt out. Don't round your back. Yeah. And mm -hmm. another big thing, like you were talking earlier, as far as like packing your shoulder blades down and back, that's a great cue. And then the other thing we got to think about is if we go shoulder blades down and back is what we see a lot of people doing is just the opposite. They arch too much. Well, then we're losing, we're getting an anterior pelvic tilt, which means basically like your pockets dump forward. Mm -hmm. And now we're putting an excessive strain on the lower back, just not rounding, but hyperextending. So going in an excessive arch. So that's, you know, just as bad. So I know we're going over a lot of like, well, this is like too much, like kind of Goldilocks too much, you know, too hot, too cold. But once you kind of get this movement down, it's going to be pretty easy because you're just focused on hip hinge. And we always say, put your, your lower ribs in your front pockets. Mm -hmm. So brace down. And like, mm -hmm. like Mike Tyson's about to punch you in the stomach. So brace. Mm -hmm. So tighten up your Correct. core. Mm -hmm. As you as you lift any weight, should you really tighten your core up a little For bit? Sure. That's yep. what I hear. I love that dowel rod demonstration about how it lines up with the head, the mid back, and the butt. I mean, I've never seen that before, and yep. it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And when he rounded his back, I mean, it's obvious as you can see it that how that's going to really hurt you. Mm -hmm. So do you want to do some demos on maybe using the other, the kettlebell or the yeah, trap bar? For sure. Let's do okay. it. Okay. All right. So, yeah, for Josh, we're going to go over, it's called a B stance RDL. So with this one, this is a great exercise to focus more on, on single leg strength, so unilateral strength, great for the glutes and the hamstrings as well. So the big thing with this one is he's in a B stance. So what does that mean? If the right foot is forward, the left foot is going to be back. The left toes are going to be about in line with the right heel. So what Josh is going to do, if his right foot is forward, he's going to pick up the kettlebell with his left hand. 
So we'll go ahead and, and demonstrate kind of what we talked about. Hinge at the hips first, uh, ribs and pockets. Now let's go ahead and engage the lats up and we'll do a few reps just like that. So we got good hip hinge mechanics, knees just moving just a bit. And if we look at his foot, right foot, we want about 70% of his weight through the right foot. The left foot, about 30%. So you don't want to put a bunch of weight in the back of that left foot. We want to keep it lighter. Yep. So like, it's, like Josh just said, a lot of people when they do this movement, they start out pretty good, but then it quickly turns into like a combination of a deadlift and a, and a squat, just like that. So we just keep the knees, just a slight flexion in those, but hip hinge is a dominant movement right there. So great exercise for athletes and just everyday adults as well. So would you do both legs? You just rotate and do both yep. legs. Now what's the advantage of doing that over holding two dumbbells at the same time? Yeah, so with that, we're working on anti-rotation. So if we're thinking about that same position, so kettlebell in my left hand and then my left leg is back, then that, that implement, the kettlebell in this instance, is gonna wanna pull my left shoulder down and rotate my spine away from the kettlebell. So we've gotta use the left side of our shoulder musculature and lat to pull back and then our right glute, the one that the leg is forward is gonna have to work harder. So that's the posterior oblique sling that we were talking about. The lat on the left side going down, crossing to the right glute, supporting our SI joint. So with that is if, if we've got any sort of like instability, so we were talking about gait cycle, Ben and I and, and Zach were talking earlier. So whenever we're on one leg, if y'all can kind of see like my pants here, if I'm on one leg and I've got weakness on my right side, it's gonna dip, right? Yep. You know, can I see here? It's going to be like that. So whenever we're in a B stance, we're trying to work this glute med and this glute because if we let it go, it's going to bump out to the side, and then we're going to rotate, and then we're putting ourselves in just a kind of poor position. But if we go lat here and then pull my glute this way, then we're staying in the same same good posture and working on pelvic stability all the way up to the shoulder. That makes a lot of sense. I've never really seen it done that way, and it makes so much sense. I've always heard that single leg exercises are better than bilateral sure. but that one looks doable yeah you know and you can load it heavy too that is something i'm going to definitely start doing um that is a great exercise so what about the trap bar um i have one of these at my house not as nice as that but i really like the looks of this thing let's talk let's do let's think about the trap bar yeah this one's a bit overbuilt but it's all good though all right so with a trap bar, whenever we're thinking about implements, so traditionally we either have a traditional deadlift bar or a barbell, right? So it's just a straight bar with the plates like these 10 pounders on the end. So is what that one's gonna do, the, the, not the trap bar, but the traditional bar, it's gonna put you more in a anterior kind of loaded position because the bar is in front of you, right? So it's wanting to pull this way. With a trap bar, your hands are to the side, so you get a more upright torso. So those who are new to deadlifting or have low back pain, it's a more friendly position to be in and more forgiving, right? So if we're not getting the, those lats engaged, this one's so much easier, like I talked about earlier, with your hands on your hips and you know squeezing the oranges, you can do that easier with your hands next to your pockets and squeeze versus if the barbell's in front of you and you're not gonna wrap a barbell around you. You know what I'm saying? So that's typically why we start with this trap bar deadlift. But is what we'll do first, so this one has two different options as far as handles go. We've got high handles and low. So this one's on the low handle, so it's gonna start from a lower position. So we'll go ahead and start there, Zach. So he's gonna walk up to it. 
and make sure that his hands are right beside his calves. So with that, yep, it's going to be like right here. And you can already see his positioning. He's already going hips back. His knees are barely bent. So before he goes to pick it up, he's going to pull his lats to pull himself down into the bar. Yep, and you can see how he does get a little bit of knee flexion. That's completely okay because his hips are back. And he's going to engage those lats, so squeeze here, and then stand up with it. Exactly. So this one turns in a little bit of a squat. That's why it's almost like a hybrid movement. So we can train this with jumping. We can do all kinds of stuff. We can do carries. There's, this is a great piece of, of equipment for sure. So we can come back down for me. Good. And then we'll go back. So show them what a, like a Romanian deadlift would look like. So more hamstring dominant. So see how he starts with the hips, like somebody's pulling his belt back towards the, towards the wall there. Good. And then come back up. So that's a stiff-legged or Romanian deadlift. So that's biasing more so the hamstrings, right? And then just go back to a normal one. That way we can see the difference. See how he's got more knee-dominant. Knees are going over toes, which is completely okay, right? And then go and do another one for me. Good. Nice. Awesome. You can sit it back down. So that's why this is such a good exercise to start off with is because it's very, very friendly because your arms are in a better position. Shoulder blades can get packed. You can brace that core and then keep the chest up pretty tall without overextending. I love this piece of equipment, and, you know, I noticed when you did that, a lot of people think that when you deadlift, you know, you hit pinch, and you got to jerk your mm -hmm. arms back. I noticed you didn't do that. You don't recommend that? No, it's just kind of overkill at that point. Right. Kind of getting out of position, so. Now, if you're doing a power clean or something like that, like your Olympic weightlifter, then that's what you want is that triple extension because you want to accelerate the bar as quickly as you can, and you have to shrug. But with this movement, no. I mean, the, the objective is to be up, you know, smooth, controlled. With our athletes, yeah, we may have them jump with it, but it's not going to be with heavy weight where it would, you know, bother anything. I was doing that one time, and I think I overdid it, and I think I really separated my sternum yeah. from my collarbone. I'm sure. I really, because I was <laughs> I sore. It. I could never yeah. figure out what that was. And I thought, well, I've been deadlifting and really jerking back. I'm sure I separated some yeah. muscles there, tore a few, but it healed. But I love this trap bar. It's nothing like my hexagon bar. I like that way better. Yeah. I can't get low on, on my bar like you can on that one. But. Well, and this one also has the open end as well, so you can do lunges with this one. I mean, it's not a plug for the Kabuki trap, you know, trap bar, but it's a great piece of equipment for sure. Um, this has been an amazing demonstration. So um, any other words of wisdom on this I know we just talked about one exercise here today, and that's a deadlift, which to me is the ultimate exercise for anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old you are. Um, just the proper form. Mm -hmm. So what about head position? I know yeah. you, you said the thing about everybody always used to say, you shouldn't get your knees over your toes, but now, now with the knees over toes guys put all these videos out, it's okay. So right. it's a little bit different thinking, isn't yeah. it? So, Let's get I, you on the trap bar here, and we'll, we'll, we'll cue it. Cool okay. with you? Oh, you want me on the trap? Yeah. Bar? Oh, wow! I didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> uh oh, okay. listen. All right. All right. So you're talking about head position. So the big thing that we want to avoid that I learned in high school, which I'm you know work to unlearn, is everybody says you know look up to the ceiling whenever you're squatting. We don't want that because that's putting a lot of excessive extension in our cervical spine, and that's not what we want because you're going to be going here and it's just putting a lot of strain there. So we always say look for where the floor meets the wall and then follow it up the wall as you stand up. Right, so it's a moving target. Okay. All right. Cue me in here. So I'm going to hit pin, stick mm -hmm. the butt out. Am I going to use these topples? Yeah, it's up to you. Yeah. If, if you want to flip it, we can. It, it'll be higher. No, this is good. Okay. So I'm going to get down. Yep. And you're going to pack those lats. So imagine you're squeezing the oranges. Yep. You kind of see the shoulder blades go down and back. Brace your core like somebody's about to punch you. Yep. And then stand up with it. 
You got it. That's it. And then slow motion on the way back down. Good. Around my back. Nope. You're good. And come back up. There you go. And do a three-second lowering. Yep. There you go. As soon as it touches, come right back up. There you go. So another way we can do this, come up fast, but keep that brace. There you go. Good. good. Slow. Yep. You got it. Up, up fast, down slow. There you go. Nice. Head position looks good. There you go. So the reason we like cueing up fast and down slow is working on those type two muscle fibers. So that's something as we age, we start to lose if we don't train them because nobody jumps anymore. But we think about fall risk. You know, if we start losing those and you lose your balance, you're not able to quickly correct it. So that's why we cue a lot with our older adult population as fast up as you can, slow down to control it. What about breathing? Should you hold your breath or what, what do you like there? Typically with that brace, well actually Zach probably knows the breathing part a little bit better than I do. Yeah, so I usually, Going down, take a big breath in, come up, I'll take a big, just power, except, okay. yep. Okay. So that's usually the way I do that. You know, we talk a lot about nose breathing as you do aerobic exercises like running or bicycling, but for this, you need to blow out, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because those muscles are forced expiration. They're going to lock in as soon as you blow all the air out. I love it. I mean, that's getting your back, your scapula, your glutes. I mean, that is something that... How often should you do it? Like an average person like me, how many times a week? I, I would say one to two. Start off with two. The reason being is the more often you practice it, the better off you're going to get at the movement, mm -hmm. right? And don't do crazy heavy on the first ones. Focus on form, a little bit higher repetitions that way, and then go from there. So on an average, say one to two times a week, how many reps should I do? And how heavy should I put the weight on there? That's a hard one, just because we typically don't prescribe unless we see them. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but as a general rule of thumb, we shoot for like three to five as far as like starting. So if you're going for more strength-based movements, you're going to work on lower reps, yeah. right? Okay. You just not be able to go. Heavier weight, heavy. lower reps. Right. And then the, you know, flip it for more of a technique day or speed day with lighter weight around. I mean, you can still do three to five, but focus on the speed of the movement. But okay. we typically don't recommend, you know, the speed portion until you're very proficient at it because then you can get out of position and you focus on moving too fast. And get and, hurt. Yeah, get out of position. So form is key on this, mm -hmm, and you work sure. on the posterior chain. I love that. Yep. Um, well, we're going to talk about – we're going to have some more podcasts with you. These guys are incredible. You can tell they're physical therapists by the way they talk. They talk about <clears> – <throat> Your scapula. I mean, they know what they're doing. Their posterior chain, anterior chain. I mean, you know, there's a lot of trainers that take a weekend course and declare themselves trainers. But you guys are legit physical therapists as well as trainers, and that's what you want. So I love TriStar. You know, we try to send you a lot of patients. Mm -hmm. So if you're hearing this podcast, tell your friends about it. I have all your cards in my office, all my offices, and I hope we can do some more. We'll talk about sprinting next time or maybe squat. Yeah. What would be a good topic? Because I heard you talking to Ben about sprinting. Yeah. And that's one thing I really say I can't do anymore, and you say I can. Yeah. So I hope you can prove me wrong. And I could. I love to start sprinting again at age 68. Yep. That's possible? And jumping. That's just phenomenal. We're going to have another podcast. This is a setup for another podcast. Gotcha. Sprinting and jumping <laughs> as an old man. Um <laughs> So we're going to work this deadlift clinic out yeah. here at mm -hmm. the Johnson City office, and hopefully, so stay tuned. I'm always talking about it. We need to get it together. Absolutely. And I'm sure. definitely going to be here, and we'll have everybody here. And, you know, you can they'll show you the correct form. So it's very important that you do this right. and You do it consistently. This is, this is the rest of your life. 
So, Zach and Josh, thank you so much for being here. Tri Star Fitness. I hope this helps. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.